I have tried to record this 50 times and I'm just going to run through it at this point. Uh, but hi, hello, my name is Zach, I am your host. Um, I know last time I was here, I was like, we're definitely going to have more episodes, I'm definitely going to have more time to put episodes out. That did not happen, I have not had time to put more episodes out. I actually started a new job, I finished up my semester at school, so I got one more to go, but you know, we're getting there little by little. Uh, uh, this is going to be kind of short and sweet. Uh, my guest today is Johnny from Rocket Talk. Uh, we talk about Microsoft Rares. Well, it's Microsoft's now, but it was originally Rares. Rares, big breakout property, Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, you can definitely tell that Johnny has such a love and appreciation for this game. I'm really stoked to put this episode out. It was definitely interesting for me because I've never actually talked to Johnny before, um, ever. Usually when I do stuff with Rocket Talk, it's always Luke, uh... Or I, I did like one special with them and I was able to talk to Connor. But yeah, I mean, this was this is definitely an experience. This was definitely a really cool conversation. I think me and him clicked really well. I hope that you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Just a couple things to get out of the way. Uh, I, it's been a while since, uh, you know, I lasted an episode. But a lot has happened in the world uh, since then. Especially the stuff going on in Palestine. Um, I really do like this is a... 100% a pro, like, pro-Palestine podcast. Like, do not come in here and think that I'm not going to touch on important topics such as, you know, human rights, civil rights, all this stuff. If it's not, if that's not your thing, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I definitely encourage anyone to go out and, you know, research their stuff about, Pal- about Palestine. Give, you know, any donations that you can to organizations helping people out there. It's, it's disgusting. It's honestly disgusting. The kind of things that are going on out there, I see things every day um, show up on my social media, show up on the news. It's it's bad. It's it's there. I was listening to a podcast, um, you know, around the time where all this had really blown up with. Um, and there's this one guy who works for GameSpot named uh, Tamor Hussein, who is pretty much explaining this as a as like a extinction. It, it's pretty much like in in our lifetime, like we will see, or hopefully not, but like it's it's a possibility that we will see, um, an entire group of people that like just be extinct. Like we won't know of their existence, and it will only be in history books. And that is scary. And I feel like that's when it comes to this, that's all you need to know. But yeah, um, just you know, I would say. Do your research, do your, you know, donate the way you can. For me, it definitely hits close to home. I have um, people in my family who are um, of all of Islamic faith, and it it breaks my heart, honestly. I've I've grown up uh, with those people a lot. It's definitely um, something that I don't take lightly, to be honest with you, I don't. So, you know, but with all that being said, um, here's the episode. I really do appreciate all of you guys' patience. I appreciate everyone that asked where an episode was or when an, ep- where, yeah, when an episode is coming. Um, so thank you guys so much. You guys are really, you know, what makes me want to do this. And as much as I enjoy doing it myself, it's definitely cool to have people who care. So here it is. Johnny with the game Banjo-Kazooie. Hello and welcome back to Title Screen. Today I have a uh, guest that I've actually never really spoken to before, but he is one of three on a 
podcast you might have heard of before called Rocket Talk. I have Johnny with me. Uh, Johnny, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I um, uh, Luke Luke told me all about you, and um, and he had a he had a good time talking with you a few episodes ago. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk nerd talk with you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, especially because like me and you have actually like never talked before. Well, actually, no, didn't we do the uh, the one year anniversary thing together? With your um, show? No, I think that was Connor. Oh, that, that was Connor. Was. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Connor. Yeah. Okay. I gotta get Connor on here, and then I'll have the the trio. But yeah, yeah, uh, what game are we talking about today, Jonah? Yeah, so um, today uh, I we're gonna be talking about Banjo Kazooie, which is one of my I'll say my favorite video game of all time. Um, And uh, yeah, it's it's um, the story is about a bear and a bird who are best friends, and um, they they live near a witch. And the witch one day um, wants to. She she's asking her her cauldron if she's the most prettiest in the land, very similar to the Snow White story. Um, and the cauldron says um, that no, you're not. Um, it's actually this little girl who is much prettier than you. Um, and it's Banjo's little sister Tootie. So Grunty flies down, uh, kidnaps Tootie, and uses a machine to take her beauty. And um, Banjo and Kazooie have to team up to stop the evil witch Gruntilda and save his sister and save the day. And um, yeah, that was a game that came out in the N64 um, back in the late 90s. I believe it was 1999 that it came out. Um, uh, when I was doing research, it came out in, I want to say, late 1998. Oh, 98. Okay. So I was, yep. Yeah, I was literally like a couple months old when this game came out. Okay. Yep. Yep. That that sounds about right. Yeah. I was only four years old when this came came out then, and um, yeah, it's been one of my favorites since uh, since as long as I can remember. Um, and it's just it's I'm a big fan of platformer uh, platform the platformer genre and especially 3D platformers. So um, yeah, it's just it's something that's it's really hit home. It's really nostalgic for me, and I try to replay it about once a year. Do you, do you still currently own an N64? I do, I do. Yeah, I um, I I have one of the. Uh, uh, it's pretty rare that you'd see somebody that does have one that still works, but yeah, I've had the same one, um, as long as they've been around. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Honestly, yeah. I couldn't tell you anyone that I know that has an N64 still. Uh, <laughs> I had a cut. Co- I I have a cousin. I don't want to make it sound like he died, but I have a cousin who had an N64. Um, up until I want to say like. Two- 2009 oh, wow. and then he lost it doing something i don't remember what it is but like he was pretty devastated about it and now like you go and look for an n64 they're like still like stupidly expensive oh absolutely yeah yeah that's i i've got um over time because of different people in my family um i've got i've collected three n64s um that i've got with me so if one ever goes out i've got another one and another backup um that i store with me wherever i move to because um nobody else in my family really plays nintendo games and uh and because some of the other some of my siblings that grew out of it um they're more my sister doesn't play really any video games and my brother plays xbox mostly but me i'm a i'm still a big fan of all those childhood games um what is your opinion on the controller? Because I know the controller is really divisive. It is. It is odd. I will. I will admit. It is. I'm not really sure what Nintendo was thinking with that. Um, with the three pronged controller, it is definitely an odd shape. But to me, at this point, I mean, it's been around 
almost my entire life, so um, it, I'm, I'm very much used to it. And I only play the same 10 or so games, and I know how to play them, and I've beaten them all. So um, it, 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 I've, I've, it's one of those things that you definitely need to... Uh, to get used to, but once now that I have, you know, it's 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 great. Mm. Is that like one of your preferred controllers, or is it like on the bottom tier list? Um, you know, I I do like I I will say that I like the joy the feel of the Joy-Con from the Switch. Um, but I hate that there's Joy-Con drift. I think that is like the worst thing. I'm sure you've heard all about it. Um, I mean, I have a switch. I mean, I oh, yeah. I had I had a like original switch, and then I sold it because I wasn't touching it. And then mm-hmm. like I really missed it. So I want to say like about two months ago at this point, I like caved and went out and bought a switch light, which is a downgrade. I mean, like I really like the switch light. It's really portable. It's really light. It fits in my pocket like pretty perfectly. Uh, but I do miss, especially because like I've started doing like some streams here and there. So, mm-hmm. like, if I could stream Mario Kart, I, I, I can't do it on the Switch Lite in opposed to having the original Switch that I could have put it on the dock and, you know, stream some Mario Kart. But, I mean, that's the only uh, downfall to it. Like, I don't like. But, I mean, I might also be getting the uh, Switch Pro that comes out. I mean, if it's called that. I really want to know right. if they're actually going to call it the Switch Pro because they're they're really missing out on not calling it the Super Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I, I you know, that is, I am... I'm excited to learn more about that and see, you know, what it's going to be called, what the new um, upgraded Switch is going to be, what what's all, you know, what is all a part of it, and also what games are going to come out um, with it. And uh, I, I, you know, speaking of controllers, I do wonder if the current Joy-Con are going to uh, match with the, you know, the new the new Switch, the the Switch Pro or Super Switch or whatever it's going to be called. Um, but yeah, yeah, the the Joy-Con, I love that they're so small and they can fit in my hand. I love 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 that. Some people don't like it, but I do. I just I wish that they Nintendo did more to fix the Joy-Con drift. Other than that, you know, I I didn't mind the Wii U gamepad. Um the Wii um Wiimotes um were uh okay for me um the gamecube is pretty legendary for kind of what a lot of people consider like the perfect controller um and then pretty much the others are forgettable um i i yeah i would say probably the best one is is the joy con in my opinion but i just i just wish they would fix that drift i also wish they would fix the drift and the fact that like the fact that they're considering putting out another console without that like problem being addressed, knowing well that it could be a problem for this next release, kind of bothers me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But, I mean, as no, far as the other should. controllers go, yeah, as and, far you as know, the other controllers go, I'm uh, I'm, oh, like, I'm so, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, I just like, I also just don't agree with the, I mean, I don't like the feel of the Joy-Con uh, personally. Like, I, that's kind of, that's another reason why I kind of like the Switch Lite, where it's because like, it, my, um, I have I have bigger hands. Like I have, I have. I mean, I don't have like man. I don't have like massive hands, but like I have yeah. bigger hands. So like putting like playing um, Smash or playing um, you know Mario Kart with. I mean, I think it's more so with me with Smash because I really like to get competitive with Smash. Right. Um. Even though I'm not. Even though I'm not the best at it. Even though like. And and Luke is gonna laugh because I like to shit talk with Smash so much. But I'm not. I mean, I, I'm at a point now where I can admit like I'm not that great at it. But I mean, I do like to be competitive. So like, 
playing that way with just the one Joy-Con is, does not bode well for me. I will say, though, as far as controllers from Nintendo go, I bought one of those um, Switch Pro controllers not that long ago because I, I like having controllers because I, I, I play a lot of games on PC now. Um, so I have an Xbox controller, and I, now I have that Switch Pro controller. And that Switch Pro controller feels really nice in the hand. I really you know, love that controller. It does. It, it took me three and a half years um, to get a Switch Pro controller because I never even gave it a, a second glance, really, because it was never something that interested me. But um, uh, I, I had so many pairs of Joy-Cons uh, go bad until uh, December of last year that I, you know, I... I took the advice of a, um, a a GameStop worker that was um, selling it to me um, who went through the same thing. And I've got my um, uh, uh, game, uh, my, what is it called? The, what did, what, did, what was it called? The pro controller? Oh, pro? Yes, yeah, pro controller. Pro, pro controller. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I, I've had it since, um, you know, six, seven months ago and it, nothing has gone wrong. And, I could have gone through with as much switch as I play. I could have gone through two or three different um, Joy-Con uh, pairs by 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 now, and um, yeah, it's we're working perfectly. There's no drift at all with the with the Pro controller, and I'm 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 loving it. So that is my go-to for now, um, just because of the uh, just because of the problem with the Joy-Con drift. But I do I think it's a good second as far as the feel of it for me personally. I think it's a good second place. Um, for uh, a solid controller, um, for sure. The Switch, the Switch Pro controller. Absolutely. I mean, I think I also just like it more because, I mean, I've gone on record on this show and been like, I am a massive Sony fanboy. I love PlayStation. But I really do prefer the Xbox controller a little bit more than the, um, than the, Dual, than the DualShock. And I haven't, I haven't played... I haven't touched or I haven't really played with a new DualSense. Um, so I really couldn't make that comparison. But as far as like last generation goes between the Xbox One and the uh, DualShock, like I was man- I was like mainly for the Xbox controller. And they put the new one, the Series X, I bought a Series X controller. And it has like these texture grips in the back and it just feels really nice. So that's why like I think I am pretty... I really like this um, controller. I really like the Switch Pro. It's it, it feels really nice. It feels really familiar. Okay, yeah. See, I I haven't played any Xbox or PlayStation since uh, I had an Xbox 360 and I had a PlayStation 2. Um, but that's about it. It goes back really far. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I so I'm used to those, but not the um, Xbox One or the new or the you know One uh, uh, X or One S. Or the PS3, PS4, PS5, I missed all of those. So, um, I, but I have heard good things about both um, the uh, PlayStation 5 controller and the um, the new Xbox One as well. So it's good to hear, though, because I am. Uh, even though you said you do prefer Xbox over PlayStation as far as control goes, I am planning on getting a PS5 sometime in the future. Um, I probably would have had one already had there been you know more available, but. Um, but I am going to get it eventually. Um, but uh, at least, you know, it, that it's making it somewhere higher on your list is, is reassuring for me. The PlayStation uh, 5 controller. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, like, I built a computer, like, right before the started, like, thankfully, right before all the shortages happened. 
like I want to say like my, my machine was built maybe like two weeks before oh, wow. like all the shortages for for GPUs because you know the um the mining for cryptocurrency like really took off. Um, so I got really lucky with that. Um, and since then, like, I've been trying to get my hands on a PS5 controller, and sometimes it just becomes, like, a money issue, where it's just, like, I don't really want to drop four or five hundred dollars. Uh, then sometimes it just becomes a, I really can't get it right this second, because the bots are really getting a hold of the whole situation. And I think, I think now when people, you know, when they do drops, uh, for the new consoles, like, I think they've gotten a lot better at, um, like, getting the bots and more people can actually get them, which I think is cool. But, um, honestly, with the way that things are right now, like, I'm not in a rush to get a PlayStation 5. I mean, there are games on it that I want to play, like Returnal. I'm really big into roguelites. All right, I've really, I recently got big into roguelites because I started playing Hades, and then there's another one off the, there's another one on my brain. I just can't remember. I'm sure it will hit me back later. But, um, Oh, Dead Cells. Dead Cells. Dead Cells is also really cool. Um, so, no, Returnal is uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I know Ratchet and Clank just came out. I actually haven't heard anything about Ratchet and Clank. Actually, well, it, it actually it I comes think... out in a week, next Friday. Oh, why did I say? Why did I think it was out yesterday? I thought it came out yesterday. No, I don't think so. I, I could. I very well could be wrong. I I, I thought it came I, out on I, the eleventh. I thought I kept hearing the fourth, the fourth or fifth, but I mean, you, like, you could be right. <laughs> you could be very right. Um, let me double check. Um, yeah. Um, let's and then see. De- yeah. And then Demon Souls. I really like the uh, Souls game. So that's another one I would play. But other than that, like, I'm not in a, I'm not in a super huge rush to get my hands on a PS5. Hopefully come next holiday, like come this holiday, it'll be easier for us to get them. And I might be able to get a chance then, but we'll see. Yeah, I my actually my dad just passed down the um the P, his PS4 to me um uh, uh less than a week ago. So I am <clears throat> he he forgot to send me the uh, power cable, um the power cord that goes with it, so he's got to send me that as mm-hmm. well, but um but yeah, and I've got a whole generation of games um that I'm wanting to play uh, on the PS4, and so I've got a list that I've that I already made and then an, an, another list of games that are, you know, new or not new, but old games that um that I just for, had to forget about because it kind of like the the um the height of its popularity came and went so it's good now that i can kind of go back and take some time to really appreciate um, the last generation of playstation games and there's a lot of games that are coming out on ps5 that are new that are going to be backwards compatible and i really love that um because ratchet and clank rift apart unfortunately is not um one of those and also it does come out on june 11th i'm looking at that now okay um but um but yeah there's a lot of other games that are going to be coming out soon that are going to be backwards compatible on the ps4 um uh, for example back for blood is is um is one that i'm really looking forward to um it's a left for dead-esque game it's made by the same people who made left for dead um and uh you pick a survivor and uh you're a team of four people and you're basically a zombie and you're in a zombie apocalypse and you're just trying to get from point a to point b and um it's 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 my thing it's it's totally up my alley i I was really big into um left for dead when that was a big series and i i since i bought it since i got a pc since i built a pc it's it's in my steam library i have one and two 
I played a lot more of two than I have played of one, but those games are still really fun. I feel like they hold up kind of well. Um, you know, I mean, if you remastered them, which I kind of feel like what um, Back for Blood kind of is, it's kind of just like a re remake, re remaster of what um, Left for Dead was, which is, I mean, like I'm not complaining about that at all because yeah. those games really don't need, you know, because the gameplay still holds up really well. I don't think they really need like a huge overhaul of it. I'm sure that there's like feet, like new mechanics and new features that are going into left into uh, Back for Blood, but I mean we'll, we'll see. I mean I I didn't get a chance to play the beta when it came out, but I mean a lot of people who did play it really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's so that's I'm, what I'm, I'm I saw. That. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I saw I I looked on gameplay online on YouTube, and uh, it seems like a lot of people really enjoyed it. So um, it's something that's coming out um, this October, and I am super excited for it. We were supposed to get it sooner, right? It got pushed back. I want to say we were supposed to get it during the, in the summer. Yeah, originally, yeah, but then it got pushed back uh, a few months ago or so. I got you. And um, uh, what, like, just like, like, shoot off a couple of names on your list for what you're going to play on PlayStation because I also I could probably shoot you a couple of recommendations as well. Ooh, okay. The last here, generation me... of games was very, very good. Let me pull up my list here. Um, so some of the games. That I'm thinking about are let's see. Okay, so for PlayStation, um, I want to get a reboot of Ratchet and Clank that came out in 2016. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Call of Duty Cold War, because um, Luke recommended it, and I've never played a Call of Duty game, and I figured, you know, start start with the. I, I believe that's the newest one. Um, yeah, that's one. And then Assassin's Creed Valhalla, same thing. I've, I've, I'm kind of new to the Assassin's Creed series, so I'd like to, uh, you know, start, start there. Uh, Godfall, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Sackboy, um, Final Fantasy VII remake, Resident Evil Village. That's a big one that I really want to play very soon. And then I know that it's got a bad rap, but I'm really interested in Marvel's Avengers. Um, there's just something about it that like really stuck out to me, and I know that it's it's not very popular. It got poor reviews, but uh, I just want to check it out, you know. And then as far as upcoming games, um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I won't be able to play that until I get a PS5, but I'm still putting it on my list. Um, the next game that I'm probably going to be getting is the D and D game called Dark Alliance. Um, I am beyond excited for that one. It's a co-op. Um, uh, battle game, uh, not battle game, uh, co-op, um, I, I want to call it an RPG. I'm not really sure what you would call it. I guess it is an RPG. Um, well, I mean, D&D uh, is an RPG. I assume it will probably fall along the same lines. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is an RPG. Um, and, uh, it's, it, you pick one of four characters and, um, you can, you know, create their, um, their, uh, uh move tree or skills tree and um, fight alongside um, other players who are, you know, on your team with you. And, um, you know, there's the uh, rogue, the ranger, the barbarian, and the fighter. And so every character has a different skill set that you'll want to, you know, balance out and play to their strengths and utilize and communicate with your friends. And uh, that's the kind of thing that I really, really love. So um, I've got a, my friend Court, who's been on our, our show a few times, he's... Um, He's going to get it with me, and we're going to tag team that whole game. It's, oh my gosh, so excited for it. That's cool. I mean, I, I, I haven't heard anything about it. I'm not, it's not that I had no interest in playing it. I just, like, I struggle to find people to play it with. 
but I'm not yeah. really super into D and D. Um, I played a couple um, matches of it beforehand, but like that group that I play with doesn't I either. I, they stop playing, or they just don't play anymore. They, at least they don't play in with each other. So, um, right. You know, I just, I just, I just bowed out of there. But um, no, I mean, like as far as your list goes, like that. I mean, like it's a pretty solid list. Like I really wanted to play that Marvel Avengers game, and then like it got all the reviews, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I probably get it on sale, but I, I definitely wouldn't pay full price for it. That's fair. Um, and Resident Resident Evil Village, I've played a little bit of. I really. So, I made the mistake of buying that game, and then, and I'm also going to recommend this to you since I just found out that you like RPGs. Um, uh, I was really into Mass Effect as a kid, so they just released that Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is like a remaster of all the the first three games. Okay. And if it's not, yeah, if it's not on your list, like you know, I if it, you know, I would put it down there, you know, just shut it down, maybe check it out, like check out some trailers, check out some something you'd be into. But yeah. it's like it's an RPG. It's very it's like if Star Wars was a video game, essentially. Um, okay. It's got its own story. Like the company that did it was Bioware, who also did um, the uh, Star Wars Old Republic game, Knights oh, of the Old Republic gotcha. game. I want to, I want to okay. say they worked on it. I'm not 100 percent sure if that was them, but I know that they worked on an old school Star Wars game, and I really couldn't remember which one it is. And then they recently did Anthem, but we don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, that remaster I'm playing through right now, I just finished one. I'm playing through two now. Um, and I've been having a blast with it. Honestly, it's very good. That's and then awesome. I guess the other game the other game I would really recommend to you is... Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how well you do with like challenge in games, but Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time. I actually Ooh. just got... Nope. I just got a 10. <laughs> it's not? Okay. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I. You know, I, 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 I'm... I, it's funny because like I games like that or Dark Souls, I hear all about it, and I think you have to be really good at that genre of game to um, to have the patience for it. But for me, I'm I'm a big platformer fan, so the equivalent of Dark Souls or Bloodborne in a platformer game is Cuphead, which is another really 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 challenging game. And uh, I mean, I I am like I said, I'm very good at platformers, and that game took me hundreds of deaths, hundreds. And, um, and I, I had to, I had for my own sanity, my own patience, I had to, um, you know, say I will beat this one boss today and then I will put the game down for the day. Like I, if I keep trying other ones after I beat it, then I'm going to be here for hours and I'm never going to finish it. So I had to like, you know, put it aside after I got to a certain point each time. And honestly, that was a good, like that helped me. That was one thing that really helped me. But as far as like Bloodborne and, and Dark Souls games, like those that are super hard, I don't know what's going on most of the time. And all that I all that I hear online is people talking about how difficult they are. And I just look at what's going on and I'm like, I can't I can't follow this. I, there's too many complicated things. And maybe it's not complicated at all. But to me, I just get overwhelmed. I mean, for me, um, so like, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll just like throw this in there real quick. Like, Bloodborne for me was like a game I never really expected to like because I tried out Dark Souls, I tried out Demon Souls, um, all that stuff. And my stepbrother one day was like, he was like, I just finished this game Bloodborne. Like, you have to play it. It's really hard, but I think you'll enjoy it. And so this, like, this was like right around the time the game came out. So I got the game like a couple months after it came out. I started playing it. I was really like not into it. 
And then I remember just like watching because like I really like the way the world is built. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Maybe I'll check that out. I started watching some videos on YouTube about the world, the lore, all this stuff, and I was like, this is really, really sick. Um, so like I kept trying to go with it because I really wanted to play through it, and like it was the same thing as you. Like I, I like it took me like I want to say overall six months to to be to finish that game, and I have. Oh. If I like want to replay that game, I'll I'll just watch it play through it because it's like I don't want to put myself in that situation again. But um, but, I mean for me, like like over the course of that six months, it was really really worth it to me because like, like I said, the the lore is really cool, the world and the world building is really cool, all the bosses are amazing. Um, so I mean like again, it's just it will it will like you will suffer with that game. But I mean, if you are good at them, and if you, or if you're good at them, or if you really enjoy the lore, like you'll, you'll, I think you'll fall in love with it. Cause that's pretty much what happened with me. Like I recently just got the, one of the, um, the symbols, it's called the Hunter's Mark tattooed on me because like oh, it was just, okay. it was like, I just love it. And then, I mean, if you want another game to play with friends, I also recommend the Borderlands series if you've never played that. Ooh, you know, I have played Borderlands 1, and uh, I did really enjoy it. Um, I would like to, uh, you know, once I get through my long list of games, I would I would be down to try Borderlands. And, you know, I, I think if I do get through my long list of games, um, I, I think maybe I'll give Blood, Bloodborne a shot. Um, you know, a lot of people play it, and uh, I think it's worth, if it's that popular, it's worth at least checking out. So... Um, I can't guarantee, you know, that I'm going to love it, but uh, I think anything's worth trying once. So, yeah, I'd be down. For sure. Yeah, no, um, I know that, yeah, you can play both one and, you can play one, two, and three on PS4, but I, you have a Switch, so actually you can also play one and two on Switch as well, because they have oh, a collection okay. on Switch. Interesting, yeah. okay. I'm actually playing through... I'm actually playing through one on Switch, uh, little by little right now. So, nice. uh, so I, I, I definitely, I definitely recommend, I definitely recommend two. Two is definitely the best game. Um, three was a good game, but story wise, wasn't my favorite. So two is definitely like that sweet spot of both like really good gameplay and story. It is a really good villain as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, you know, it's if it's everywhere and everyone's playing it, then there must be something good about it. So I think I'll definitely have to check it out. And if it's on Switch, then hey, maybe it's you know it's got to be easier access for me. So I'll probably uh, I'll probably start checking YouTube and seeing what it's all about. What 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 it is that people like about it. I I think I mean if you're gonna play it, and I mean you could also play the multiplayer with people. But if you're gonna play, I would almost say like it's better on Switch because you know you can do a quest, put it down go home, do another quest, put it down. You know, it's 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 pretty it's pretty nice in that way. It's one of the things I really loved about the Switch. Because um, when I did my second playthrough for Breath of the Wild, that's kind of how I took it, because I ran through the first time I played Breath of the Wild. And then oh, let's, I wanted to yes, play it again. let's talk about Breath of the Wild. Oh my gosh. I, I, I did not... Uh, I did not actually appreciate Breath of the Wild in its fullest until um, the pandemic hit. Um... I, when I, similar to you, I, when it first came out, what I did was I did the story moments, the important things with the four champions, the four, um, divine beasts. And then I defeated Ganon and I called it a day. I never explored areas. I never, um, did the side missions. I didn't do any of that until, uh, 
about six, seven months ago, I did it. And uh, I went through, I collected everything. I did every single upgrade armor that you can get in the game. Um, I did all the side missions. I uh, did not do, uh, no, I did do all of the shrines. I didn't do all of the Korok seeds because I'm not a madman. <laughs> um, I don't blame you. I, I would say if there was achievements for, for Switch, I would have done all the Korok seeds. But there's not, so I don't feel ashamed of not doing yeah. that. No, I, I definitely considered it. I spent a few days after I'd beaten everything else, and I was like, you know, I could do it. I could do it one time just to say I did it and then never, you know, never worry about it again. But then I was like, you know, that would just cause me so much stress, like not knowing. I, I, I can guarantee if there's like 900, I think, in there, and if I got to like... 894 and i was like not sure which one i was missing i would just be pulling my hair out and no that's not that's that's not what i that's not the that's not what i needed so um i just called it a day and said no no more korok seeds and i you know just ended the game but i i it was amazing it's uh my co-host on rocket talk connor it's his favorite game of all time um and yeah. right, rightfully so, because it is beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, I think we're only, uh, at the day of recording this, we're only about um, 10 days away from potentially hearing about the sequel to Breath of the Wild. So fingers crossed that we do um, hear about it at E3. We will see. And I hope so. I kind of feel like what's going to happen, I feel like next week, or this week, this week coming up, we get the reveal of the Super Super Nintendo Switch, Switch Pro, whatever you want to call it. And then we get, you know, announcements for games that will, you know, really showcase our hardware. Because I do know that Nintendo, you know, their whole thing for their Direct at E3 was they're going to focus more on software. And I feel like because it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to just say, hey, we're just going to do software. not going to talk about hardware when everyone knows that this thing is in production. Um, you know, it, it, like it doesn't get announced. So I, I, I do feel like we're going to get the announcement of Super Nintendo Switch and then, hey, here's Breath of the Wild 2. And hopefully it comes out this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I I think that we'll probably hear about it um before E3. Um but, you know, maybe maybe during or after, but I I think that leading up to it we're going to hear something next week. Um but yeah, as far as Breath of the Wild, I think the Breath of the Wild 2, I think that's the perfect game to um be uh premiering on the um the upgraded hardware. And uh, I just can't wait to see what it's all about, you know? Like, it's so many questions, so many mysteries, so many theories on YouTube about what could happen, what's coming up next. And uh, they're probably all wrong, but I'm super excited to see, you know, what's what's coming up. Because it's really hard for Nintendo to do something this big and fail at it. So I know that they know that it's going to be big. So it's going to be, I'm. it's got to be good. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on it and there's, it's possible that um, this could be, you know, a big letdown, but I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be something, something big. I hope so. Because I mean, after the year that we've had with COVID, we've had a lot of letdowns. Like I was very much first in line to play Cyberpunk 2077. So we all know how that turned out. So, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I try to keep, I try, I mean, like, lately I've been trying to keep my expectations a little low for, a little lower for new releases, but, I mean, I feel like Nintendo rarely, rarely misses the mark, so, I mean, I'm kind of there with you. 
Yeah. I Well, as far as big things, I think it's hard for them to um, miss the mark. But when it comes to what players want, um, they're not always great in that regard. I think that they can be kind of stubborn um, in in some instances. But uh, but maybe that's just the the side of me that always wants more, more, more. But, you know, I, I choose to say. I mean, the fact that we still have switch codes and not like an actual work, like, I don't want to say that the online system doesn't work, but the fact that the online system is what the online system is still kind of irks me. Oh, Especially because, like, that's the service absolutely. that we pay Especially because that's, like, a service that we pay for. And I feel like they should take some sort of, you know, input from customers. Yeah. So, I yeah. Mean, I mean, 100%. Hopefully, I'm hoping with this new switch that comes out there's a little bit more that goes into the online but we'll see yeah i'd love friend parties if like if nothing else i would love the ability to talk um with with friends and not on the stupid app um i'm not i don't i erase the app because nobody uses it so i i want to i want to be able to talk to friends through the system itself um, and, and it's such a, I mean, you could do that on the Xbox 360. So that was two generations ago. I'm not sure why, uh, no, three generations ago. Wait, was it? No, no, no two, two, no, two generations. Two, two, yeah. Yeah. Two generations ago, you could do that. So, you know, I, it's, it's Nintendo has really, um, missed the mark with that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we we sidestepped a lot, so yeah. Um, I want to go back and actually start talking about Banjo Kazooie. Okay, so yeah. We we had said that we had said that it was released in 1998. Uh, it came out on the N64. It got later released um, for 360 because now Rare is owned by Microsoft. Yeah, that's I, right. Actually, are they still owned by Microsoft? Are they still they owned are, by Microsoft. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and now you can actually play if you have um. Game Pass X Cloud or the X Cloud service. Um, I think on computer and mobile, you can play it on there. It's, it's, it's definitely a little more accessible than it was before Game Pass had come out. Um, sure. You don't have to buy a N64 to play this game, which is really cool because beforehand that was not the case at all. Right. Um, uh, during, I thought what I thought was really interesting. Well, I mean, two of the. One of the things that really stands out, which, I mean, I wanted to talk about it before when you had mentioned the Snow White thing, was that they were really influenced um, in making this game by Mario 64, Donkey Kong, and uh, Disney Animation. Yeah, and, and that's you, very much... Um, you can you can tell that, that Disney was very in, uh, inspired by this, and I think that's because they're... Uh, I mean, they have a very cartoony approach, Um uh, I guess I mean obviously Mario and Donkey Kong are as well, but they really ham it up with with Banjo Kazooie. Um, the, uh, the the you know there's like I said the, there's the um, Snow White and the the Evil Queen uh, reference between Tootie and Gruntilda. Um, there's googly googly eyes on everything. That's kind of a, a joke. Is that you know if you put googly eyes on whatever, then it becomes a bad guy. And so that's kind of the the thing. You like there's a carrot that has eyes on it. Go attack it. There's a you know there's an app. Uh, there's a, a turnip over there with eyes on it. Go attack it. You know there's a clam. So you know you attack anything with eyes. And um, 
and yeah, just just the feel of everything. The the fact that it's a a rescue mission um, uh, is something that Mario also did. But Mario has never felt very Disney like. Um, but all the characters are happy. All the characters are connected. And even if it doesn't make sense how they went from place to place, there's still a um, colorful personality between each and every single character that um, you know Banjo and Kazooie come across. Which which is one of the things that I love is that. Uh, you can, one thing that Mario kind of missed the mark with is that there's, you know, 50 toads or 50 bob or 50 Koopas, and you can't tell one from the next, but in Banjo-Kazooie, you don't really have that experience. Um, every character is brand new, is completely unique, and, uh, they all have their own distinct personalities, and they're all, they all crack jokes. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good adventure. And, uh, it's always making me laugh. That sounds, that sounds very Disney like. And one of the other things I really want to touch in before we get into like plot and your memories with the game is, um, the production on this game is a little, it, it sounds really funny when you say it, knowing how production is now. And it's, it's been that way with a couple of other games that we've talked about on this on the show. But this game started production with a team of 10 people, which grew to 15 people over time. And then the real kicker is that it was a mix of people who have either had a lot of experience working with games and people who never touched video game development in their life. Yeah, which yeah. I think and, and is incredible. Yeah, and and I think its history of this game itself of Banjo Kazooie really shows that that was kind of a um, a new experience for a lot of them because from the planning um, to execute from 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 planning to release, it was a completely different game what they had originally thought out to have. Uh, Banjo wasn't even in the game as a concept and then later on was a side character and then obviously he became the primary character kazooie was nowhere um at all um and uh it originally started off as a pirate game um uh, i believe it was going to be called um i don't want i don't want to i don't want to give the wrong name but i can't i can't remember what it was going to be called but um but yeah it was going to be a it was going to be pirate themed it was going to be a uh uh, boy, I believe his name was Simon. Um, I could be wrong on that. And, and, uh, the bad guy was going to be Blackbeard, I think. Um, and, uh, it, it, yeah, it was just supposed to be some sort of piratey adventure. And, uh, there's even like animations, uh, that you can find online of what the game was going to look like. Um, and then they switched it over to, um, a closer to what it is now, um, which is, uh, more about Banjo, but at the time he was going to just have a backpack full of different items. And, um, and I think at one point they even said that like to climb up, uh, hills in the, in the final game to climb up hills, uh, Kazooie's feet pop out of the backpack and, um, she helps him, you know, climb up with, with her feet, I guess. I'm not sure how that how it works but it does but in the in the um one of the beta versions of the game he was just going to have feet that come out of the like bird-like feet come out of the backpack and uh, and they were like this doesn't really make any sense why is it doing that and so that's how they created the character of kazooie is they said we need to actually put somebody in the backpack that can you know kind of help they can help each other 
And um, it was a long process, and uh, there was a lot of scrapping and starting over, and um, but eventually out came the game Banjo Kazooie, and that's very how I just explained it is a very um, rough uh, synopsis of what happened, but that's kind of the 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 gist from having no notes about the particular uh, uh, process of the game. That's that's the best I can remember. That's that's pretty good memory though for a game that's over twenty years old. But um, one, I really want to see what that version looks like with feet just coming out of the backpack. I'm sure that looks very weird. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, in the final game, actually, um, if I remember right, no, Kazooie's whole body does come out of the backpack. So yeah, it would just be. Um, I don't think there's any footage of that. I think, um, yeah, I don't think there's any footage of that, but I would imagine it looks something similar to just Kazooie's feet coming out of the backpack without the rest of her body. Um, but the way that they described it, it seemed like, you know, anything that Banjo needed to do, he could do just because he needed, he had some item in his backpack that he could use like a, uh, boomerang or a, a slingshot or something, you know? That's really cool. One other thing I really want to touch on, um, because I didn't know that it was actually meant to be a pirate game, is that Rare actually got their wish 20 years later because they put out Sea of Thieves. They did the development on Sea of Thieves. Yes, and, you know, I don't know if um, uh, if that's if that has anything to do with one another, because I do believe that most of the staff who worked on Banjo-Kazooie is no longer at Rare. Um and so, and, and that's a whole other, whole other conversation that um, that I could talk to you for hours about about how um, the 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 people that have control over Banjo are not the same people who created Banjo. So the only ones who could make a sequel to the game are not the ones who would do it right. And so, you know, all the people who created him, it's technically through the company. And so, it, uh, you know, I I would love a, a new banjo game, Banjo Three, but I know that the only ones who can make it don't have the heart in it that the that other people do. So, um, are those people still working games, you know? They are, yeah, but they they actually because they were so frustrated by the um, buyout of uh, uh, of Rare to Microsoft from Nintendo, they left Microsoft, they left Rare, and they formed another new company called Platonic Games. And so they created ukulele. Um, have you heard of ukulele? I want to say, was it, uh, well, um... it's 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 a it's essentially a carbon copy of what Banjo Kazooie is, um, all the way down to the font of the title uh, title card, That's and um, it's it's amazing, and I love I love it because it's kind of I don't know if they intended it to be this way, but I like to think that they did as a middle finger to Microsoft. Um, because the big bad is, uh, is a, his name is capital B and he is a businessman. He's, um, like he's, what's that? I felt like this is going. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the, the, uh, Yuka and Laylee are kind of the new Banjo and Kazooie. And yeah, the bad guy is, um, instead of Gruntilda the witch with Banjo and Kazooie, it's capital B and yeah, he's a businessman. Everything he's trying to do is trying to um, make a profit and he's trying to kind of imagine like an evil Mr. Krabs is really who he is. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's so, 
I like I said, I don't know if they just took the um, the idea of an evil businessman and just went with it, or if it was more of a middle finger to Microsoft. I like to think that it was that middle I finger. Also, I like to think <laughs> it's that middle finger. There's no way it's not. Yeah, exactly. And and so it's a lot of fun for me because um, ukulele had mixed results uh, or mixed reviews with it. I loved it. I think that it was it's exactly what I wanted. Um, there were some flaws. Don't get me wrong. It's not a perfect game, but for as for as close as what I wanted to a banjo three, um, this is what I got in ukulele and I love it. It's got all the people who made banjo without it being literally banjo. Um, so it is, it's, it's kind of the banjo three that I never got. Um, and then that came out in 2017. Sorry. I was going to say, am I a little wrong in thinking that there is a second and third banjo? Because I know, I I know that there's no two either game. Which is the sequel, right. and then nuts and bolts. But I, I think nuts and bolts was not well received, so people just don't pay well, attention to it. It's also not the same type of game, and so nuts and bolts um, is a vehicle builder, and uh, it, the genre is completely brand new um, or completely apart from uh, what Banjo Kazooie and Tui are. Um, yeah, nuts and bolts is a vehicle builder and a lot of it is, um, you know, you can build cars to race. It's like a mission based game. So you build cars to race or carry items from one uh, place to another through like a dangerous area. You might have to fight bosses in your vehicles, um, that sort of thing. And vehicles were not a part of the banjo series prior to that game. It was not, it had nothing to do with it. So it was very much out of left field. And the game itself is good, and a lot of people agree that the Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts is a very good game. It is not, though, a good Banjo game, and I think that's where people had issue with it. If they wanted to make brand new characters, um, and, and it's kind of clear that the game was not originally a Banjo game, and they just painted Banjo characters over it and made it into one, and that's why people are upset, myself included. Um, because it is a good game, but they essentially made me hate what is a good game because it's not the game that I wanted. And it is the newest, um, apart from Banjo-Kazooie's um, inclusion in Smash Bros. Ultimate, it is the newest um, inclusion of a Banjo of Banjo content, and that was in 2008. So that's been 13 years since we've gotten a new game. Um, so we're pretty bitter. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine, and I, and I hate when that happens, because I think there's another game that has the same story where it was just like, hey, this isn't going to sell, so let's like put characters that don't make sense in this. And I can't remember right. what it is, but the fact that I, there's another story like that out in the wild is, is really funny to me. Yeah, you know, a lot of I think a lot of popular series do go through something like that. And uh, I mean, Mario's done some weird things. Crash Bandicoot has done some weird things, even Sonic. But, you know, the, the thing with those is that, for the most part, um, uh, Crash did have um, some ups and downs for sure, but he's back and he's good to go. He's He's got new games, um, you know, left and right. Sonic and Mario never went away. Um, Sonic's kind of had some hard times, but he's always been around. But as far as Banjo, I think what hurts the most is that we had a really um, off, not awful, we had a really out of nowhere game and that's the last we get of it and uh, that's the last banjo material we've gotten uh, until smash ultimate of course and so that was 11 years between um uh 2008's nuts and bolts and the release of banjo in smash ultimate so and, and that's i mean that's 11 years between that and 13 years and counting since the newest banjo game so um 
it's it's really hard because that's the last thing we got. If the last thing was Tui, then you know we could say you know it ended on a high note, or um, you know we could dream that something good could happen in the future. But the fact that it ended where it did just it it's such a sour sour way to leave it off, and uh, you know it just it's it's a little frustrating for me. Well, let's let's not be frustrated. Let's 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 reminisce a little bit. So I want yeah, you to. Good, good. I want you to take me back to, if you can remember, I know a lot of people have trouble remembering, especially for getting too old. How did this game end up in your hands? You know, I wish I could tell you. I really do. I <laughs> I don't have... It, it's kind of weird because I don't remember the first time I played it um, because it's kind of been in my life for <laughs> presumably my entire life um, or four on whenever it came out. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a first memory of it. It's just something that's always been around for me. Do you remember if you had gotten it like during like a holiday, like a Christmas or like you, a birthday? The oldest, um, the oldest memory I have is actually of Banjo-Tooie. I remember getting that, opening that on Christmas day because I was at my grandfather's house in California. And so I remember opening the sequel Banjo-Tooie. Um, and how excited I was, how excited my brother and sister were to get it because we loved um, Banjo-Kazooie. Um, but I don't remember. Before that point, like that, I look back and I was uh, – if I was four when the first game came out, then I was like six when the second game came out. I don't remember anything really before six years old. Um, that's like one of the oldest memories I have is opening Banjo-Tooie. But other than that, no, I just, I, I just, I just know how much I love it now. And, uh, through elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and post-college, I've been playing Banjo-Kazooie, uh, almost every year, along with a few other games I, I go back to every year. Um, yeah, it's kind of always been around for me. So I know we touched a little bit on story, uh, talking about the witch, talking about how she wants to be beauty. Is there any more in depth to that plot? Uh, we, can, um, we, can, we can definitely talk about plot. It's, it's, it's a 20-year-old game. Spoiler alert for a 20-year-old game. I will say for the first game, there is not much plot. Um, the sequel does get pretty dark. She actually... Uh, uh, well, at the end of the first game, um, of you know, spoiler alert, but uh, Banjo-Kazooie save the day. They defeat Gruntilda. They go up to her tower, fight her on the top of the tower. She gets knocked down from the top of the tower all the way down, 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 down to the ground and falls into the earth and then um some rubble from the tower falls on top so she's like buried underneath and dies um and then the sequel comes out and uh her sisters um who are brand new characters um revive her and um uh she's just a skeleton basically so um then she has magic she's always had magic but then she kills um, one of the main characters, Bottles, who is the one that teaches you in the first game, Bottles the Mole is the one who teaches you new moves. And uh, he, she murders Bottles. Um, and uh, you see his ghost, his like ghostness, his ghost, his spiritual, his spirit comes out of mm -hmm. his body and just uh, floats above his dead body. And, um, and so you run into his wife, Bottle's wife, and uh, she doesn't know that he's dead. And uh, they have to, like, avoid telling her because they don't want to upset her. And it's, it's really dark and really awkward and really it's, – it's funny. It's, it's funny British humor, but it's just so, so dark for a kid's game. 
Um, and then she like zombifies um, the king of the Jinjo, who's like a you know kind of like the toads of that world. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of like death in this in in the sequel in in Banjo Tooie. Like everybody gets killed in that game. It's really dark, um, but I I love it. As far as as far as plot goes in Banjo Kazooie, it's pretty simple. You know, it's it's um, there's not a lot else that happens. It's Tootie gets kidnapped. Grunty's trying to take her beauty. Banjo and Kazooie stop it. And there's really not much else uh, that happens as far as those core characters um, along the way. Everything else is like, you meet this guy, he has a problem, solve the problem. And you go and do it, and then you move on to the next world. But as far as Tootie and Grunty, that's about it. You know, that's it's pretty simple, but I'm cool with that. <laughs> Sometimes I still wish that video games were that simple. I feel like everything has to be like an overcomplicated story, which I mean, I like. I really like story-based games. I recommended you. you a, I recommended you a massively story-based game with Mass Effect. So yeah, you know, I have heard a lot of good things from Mass Effect. So that is one thing that I did. I I wrote it down when you mentioned it earlier. And I will say that I think that when it comes to story-based games, I I think that they're great. You know, there's some really good story-based games that I've played or wanted to play. I um, am still wanting to play Last of Us One and Two. Um, I've I played the Walking Dead um, uh, Telltale games. Okay. Yeah, those were so much fun. Um, but for games like this, um, games that aren't obviously very story based or even like Mario or Donkey Kong, things that, you know, really don't, you, you know how it's going to end. The good guys are going to win. That's fine. Um, I think when games are like that, what you really have to do is put the quality in the game itself. So um, rather than if you're not going to focus on the story, that's okay, but you need to make the characters memorable. You need to make the dialogue memorable. You need to make the, um, game engaging, which means a lot of mini games, a lot of challenges, a lot of, um, interactions with different characters, different moves that you can get, um, progression, progression is important. Um, so learning how to fly or learning how to breathe underwater, or whatever, you know, I think that's really important. And, um, and that's how you make a fun game, uh, when you don't have quality story, in my opinion. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I think one of the cool things about Breath of the Wild again is that there is story in it, but you don't have to pay attention to it. You yes, can just, you can just exactly. run around, do whatever you want. Which I yeah. think, you know, that that's another thing of what makes it such a great game is that the story that is there is beautiful. It's really good. It's really, you know, it's really the way that it's the way that it's not so much written, but the way that the world building tells the story really, uh, really sells it. But I mean, yep. if you really just don't want to care about any of that, you just want to run around and and survive and do shrines and do all that stuff like you you can just do that i think yeah and you know for for games like breath of the wild uh or i i guess specifically about breath of the wild i'll say that the main story is not all that complicated but it is it is the characters um you know the four champions uh link zelda um the king ganon even um they're all so important and so colorful and so uh so their personalities are so distinct that it, that really they really stand out, and the story, the main story, is not that complicated, and it's not there's not much that happens that's um, you know uh, A and then B and then C and then D and then E. There's not a, like this this 
um, winding road of, of uh, uh, complex interactions that Link has, but rather what happens is it's the world that's beautiful. It's the villages with the very um, realistic um, problems and the lives that they're living. And you put that and all of the different things that you can do, the ways that you can fight, the, the, you know, the combat, the exploration, the interactions with different people, that's where, in my opinion, that's where the beauty comes in, in with Breath of the Wild. I think that if they want to top the first one with the sequel, I think what they could do is they could give a, um, a, a more streamlined story uh, like you know, um, like The Last of Us, or, you know, obviously not as dark, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, like The Last of Us, for example, um, they could give a, a story where you have to go here to progress it, you know, progress the story, then you have to go here, then you have to go here. You don't have to do any of that. But if you want to follow the main story, this is the order that you go in and you can just say, oh, instead of doing that today, I'm going to go climb this mountain or I'm going to go swim in that ocean. Um, but I, what I really, really love is having that um, progression of story throughout it. You know, um, I, I've, I've, I'm rambling and I've, I've been guilty of that this whole no, episode. No, you're good. But I, I, one thing that I would love is for the four champions and the towns associated with them to be less isolated. I would love to see, you know, how do the, the Gorons and the Zoras, for example, they're so close together geographically, but because of the um, difference in uh, uh living in habitat they it's not it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to interact very often but what happens when they do or what about a town that's somewhere in the middle where gorons can get what they need zoras can get what they need and it's a town exclusively of zoras and gorons and same goes for rito and gerudo they're both on the um on the west side of the map um one's far to the north one's far to the south but both on the west side so is there somewhere that's you know really far from both of those towns but maybe some sort of military camp or some sort of uh town that is primarily rito and gerudo that teamed up to fight against possible um attacks against ganon um you know that sort of thing that's what i want to see is 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 not just the individual isolated villages, but I want to see how this world connects. I don't want Link to be the only one to go from place to place. I want to see, you know, just random Rito flying around the sky above you. I want to see Zora that are fishing for, uh, or just having fun. Um, that's, that, that's the sort of world building that I want to see that, that they could take even one step further in the future. For sure. And I, honestly, I think, with the way that the game had ended. Um, I feel like we will see some sort of integration like that. I definitely do think so. I definitely do think that we'll see some of these um, different, um, you know, villages come together and, you know, live in, like, some sort of harmony. Or, you know, we'll get that in, like, the beginning of the game before whatever the threat comes in and, like, splits us all up over, splits it all up over again. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I, I definitely do think that it's not what you're talking about is it's not very far from what we're going to get. And I, and I am excited to see whether or not they do tackle that, whether or not they do go along with it, whether or not they decided to leave things the way they were, whether or not they, um, you know, maybe whatever your the threat is like makes them hate each other, you know, all, all that. I mean, Breath of the Wild too, like we talked about before, like it, it has so much potential of what it's going to be. And I'm Absolutely. just really excited to see what, it, like what unfolds with that game. Yeah, hopefully, I do, hopefully I do want to talk about. So, 
I, I really hope that game comes out this year, but honestly, with the way that things are, who knows? Um, yeah. I do want to talk about the... So, in this game, is it worlds or is it levels? I think I saw both. So, for Banjo? Yes. So, I, I, I refer to them as worlds because, um, you know, you might see it called levels somewhere, but to me, they're worlds because they're so huge. Um, you know, it could take anywhere between, well, for me, it's about half an hour to an hour, but for um, somebody who's new to the game, it might take two or three or four hours to complete and collect everything. Um, yeah, they're, they're huge. They're, um, they're always revolving around a theme. Um, you know, you've got the snow theme, the desert, the haunted mansion, and and many others in the game. And uh, yeah, they're they're big, they're expensive. I'd call them worlds for sure. Okay. Um. So, like, walk me through like what some of these worlds look like. What's your favorite? What's one that if there is one, like every single time you go back and replay it, you're just like, oh, not this one. Um, so actually it's kind of funny because my favorite is also the one that makes me think, oh, not this one. Um, and, and that's why is because it's such challenging, um, world. It's the second to last one. Uh, I believe there's nine of them in the, in the game and it's number eight. It is called Rusty Bucket Bay. It is a, um, a ship that is docked inside, uh, in, in a harbor and you have the area of the ship on it, within it, and on the docks around it. And um, you, it's in oily water, so it takes up, uh, uh, you take up air twice as fast as normal. Um, there's also a shark that it's shark infested in one area. Um, and uh, there's hazards everywhere. Um, when you go into the ship, um, you have to turn, you have to turn the speed of the fans uh, of the, uh, what do you call them? The f- fans of the ship. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, turbine, is that the right word? Uh, turbine, we're talking about on a boat? Yeah, uh, yeah, on a ship. Um, um, turbine, I don't know if turbine is, is the right, is the right word? word. Turbine is like more like a plane. I don't know what it would be called in the, on a boat. We'll go with turbine. Okay. But if, anyone wants yeah, to, we'll... if anyone's going to message me and fact check me about that, First of all, screw you. Second of all, I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, we'll call them turbines. They're um, they're spinning, and um, it's it's uh, you know you have to jump through the blades. So the blades slow down, and um, they they go really slow, and then they speed up, and then they slow down, and then they speed up. And you while it's slow, you have to jump between the blades to get to the next spot, and you have to do that like you know three or four different times. Um, And if you you're on a really short like a, it's on a pipe, but it's like a tightrope. It's a really, really skinny pipe. And, um, so you're on a skinny pipe. You have to jump through the blades. And if you fall off the pipe, you die. Now, the problem is, um, not about dying because in the Xbox version, uh, and I believe on the rare replay version, if you die, then your note score is just the same. Um, and it just, you know, all the notes that you've collected are saved and you never have to collect them again. Well, in the N64 version, which is the version that I play every year, if you die, it's considered a note record and not a note score. And so you have to recollect all of the musical notes that you've collected from that world up until the point that you died. And there's a hundred in each world. And so if I collected 99 of them and then I died, I would have to recollect all 99 of them. And they are on every inch of the world, every inch. So it is 
so hard. And so I like to do the most challenging uh, jiggies, uh, the jigsaw pieces, what they're called, jiggies. Um, I try to do those first because if I can get those done or if I die, then it's not really going to hurt me. But uh, I try to do those first um, and uh, hope that I can survive the rest of the world without dying and still collect all of the um, the musical notes. But yeah, that, that's the one that is, it's my favorite because it gives me a challenge every single time, uh, you know, 20 years later, it's still challenging for me. And I just, I love that. I mean, first of all, I just want to say that the musical note thing kind of just brought me some Bloodborne frustration. Because I, I can <laughs> only imagine the frustration that comes from having 99 of those and then just having to restart all over. Because, sheesh. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, I, I, imagine if a game did that now. Imagine if a game did that now, where it was like, hey, collect all this stuff, and if you die, you have to do it all over again. I swear to God, that's going to be, like, a massive TikTok thing, where, like, you just see, like, a bunch of, like, angry dudes just like get super pissed at the oh TVs. yeah yeah you know and i think that that's okay to have in like a, a hard mode or whatever but if you're gonna play like a, a base game um and it's a game that comes out today that better not be a part that better not be a feature in it um it's you know obviously easier for me to forgive because it is uh you know 20 plus years old um and uh, and they have uh, that was one of the first things that they fixed when they released it on um, on the Xbox, but uh, I do kind of like the challenge um, because it's one of those things that it's not I've already done it so if I have to go back and uh, or if I die for instance um, and I don't want to go back and recollect them all I know that I've done it in the past this isn't this is like the you know twentieth time I've beaten it so if I wanted to say you know screw it I'm not collecting anymore uh, my note score is 98 I'm not gonna recollect 98 just so I can get the last two I'm just gonna call it a day and move on to the next world I can do that and I feel okay with doing that because I've already made the challenge so many different times so um, you know for me I like to enjoy the game and I am a completionist but I don't really feel the need to complete it if the fun is um, taking a backseat to 100%ing, you know what I mean? Um, I think, you know, when you're playing video games, fun should always be the priority. Uh, if you're, you know, if you have fun by completing it and it's kind of a, a fun, challenging thing like I did with Cuphead, that's different. And plus Cuphead, it was the first time I'd ever played it. But with Banjo and other games that I've beaten before, I feel a lot less pressure to... Um, 100% these games because I've done it a million times, you know, skipping out on 100% and getting 99% this time. That's perfectly fine with me if it keeps my sanity. So I just think that's a little bit more harder for people to do now because achievements exist. And yeah, but, but I mean, I, th I think that once you collect that achievement th though, that's being said that, you know, I do replay a lot of these games and, um, these are older N64 games and there's not a lot of people, um, who do go back and replay old, old games regularly like I do. And so if you've played any game 20 times or even 10 times, then it's probably a lot easier for you to say, I don't need to be a hundred percent this time because, you know, it's frust frustrating for me. Um, but that story is different if it's your first time playing something. And it's really hard for me to, uh, to, to wrap my head around that because you, new games will come out and I will dedicate every, everything that I have to making sure that I collect everything that I'm trying to collect, 
no matter how much it kills me um, because I haven't done it before. And uh, that's why it was tough for me to not collect the Korok seeds because it's like I want to do it once so I can say that I did it and then I never have to do it again. But that was hard because it's like, but do I really want to go through the process of doing that when I know my reward is nothing? Well, it's poop, but it's 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 poop, but it's nothing. Um, and uh, and so like you know that that was hard for me to 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 decide whether it was worth the hours and hours and hours to find those Koroks and get nothing in return. Um, but some people have done it. So, so honestly, good for them. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. People, yeah. some people are psychopaths. I just can't. I yeah, just can't I guess it. so. <laughs> people just, just can't do it. Um, tell me about some of the other worlds that are in this game. You know, like if somebody came up to you now and be like, what's one world I have to play through? that's really going to sell me on this game. Okay. Um, let's see. I'll give you some highlights. Um, one of the first ones that comes to mind is Click Clock Wood. It's uh, world number nine. And it is a... So you, it's, you, you come into the world and you're in this hub room. And there's four doors in front of you, each themed to a different season. Um, and the only door that's open is the spring door. And so one season at a time, you go into the spring door and in front of you is this gigantic tree. Like it's a round room and in the center of it is a tree that goes very, very high. And the only way to climb it is by circling it slowly uh, in a spiral formation around the tree. You get higher and higher and higher. And um, somewhere in the spring room is the button to open the summer door. Somewhere inside the summer room is a button to open the uh, fall door, and then winter, and then um, and and it, and every um, it, it works in a progression throughout a year. So if you collect, um, you have to collect baby caterpillars to feed a uh, a bird, and um, every time you feed it it'll get bigger and bigger. And so when you go from spring to summer, it'll be slightly bigger bird, summer to fall, even bigger. And then when you get into winter, it'll be a a, a grown eagle. And um, there's other progression elements like that uh, with other characters in the game um, that really stand out to me. It was the, it definitely is the most unique world in the first game. Um, the The second game had more unique features uh, similar to that, not exactly like it, but similar to it. Um, but as far as the first one, that's one that definitely stands out to me for sure. That's awesome. Like, I really love that. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun. Because the game gets compared to Mario 64 and Donkey Kong, um, are there mechanics that separate the, you know, Banjo from those games? Um, I will say, I think... Hmm. I think the mechanics are pretty similar. I mean, obviously each game has some things that are unique to them, but I think I will say that as far as mechanics go, they're pretty similar. It's more the feel of the game itself. So, you know, for example, if you, you could compare the mechanics of Call of Duty and Left 4 Dead, but... Um, but you wouldn't say that those games are, you know, because the button, because the same button is shoot or hit or run or whatever, you know, you wouldn't say those are the same games. So, I, you know, if somebody were to say that Banjo and Mario are the same, I'd say you haven't played either. Um, because I think it is the world around you that really 
does a uh, does a good job of, of of that's how you can separate the two because I think that Mario is not known for its world building and uh, and I, I, I well, I'm not going to give Banjo too much credit for saying that it that it is that but um, but Mario like I said earlier the characters there's 50 toads and they're all supposed to be unique but they all look exactly alike Banjo doesn't do that and so I will I, I do think that the unique dialogue that you get from various characters helps a lot. Um, the creative bosses, uh, you never know what you're going to get from a banjo game, but when it comes to Mario, you know, you're going to be fighting, uh, King Babam or a Womp or, uh, a big blooper or, you know, it's the same things over and over and over again. Um, but with banjo, it's always something brand new, you know, maybe it's, uh, a big crab, maybe it's a, um, you know, uh, a big gorilla, um, characters that don't have, any you know any reason to to for you to predict that that's who it's going to be i just lost my train of thought real quick um hang on um uh, no there was there was something that you had said that i really wanted to touch on but i mean i i mean i do understand the you know the feeling of different games because i mean i play i play a lot of first person shooters like i mm-hmm. just started playing destiny 2 last night i play like games like cod i play games like borderlands like it's all relatively the same thing they all just feel different and that's why i get into them plus like the story in those games can be really good um one of my favorite games of the last generation is doom eternal uh, and and doom 2016 which i feel like if you really want like if you really want like a turn your brain off really just like amped up game play either one of those for your playstation 4 um because uh, the way the way I the way I I'm gonna sidetrack a little bit, but the way I, you know, recommend people to play like those two new Doom games is just put on a really good pair of headphones, clear your schedule, play the first two missions, and then tell me that you don't want to keep playing it. Because <laughs> that sounds I, because, and sounds then, like a good because game. like it, yeah, I mean I I love those games. Those games are really good, especially like the soundtrack because I'm really I'm really into like heavier music. So, like, the soundtrack is, like, really right up my alley. And plus, like, the gameplay is just extremely fun. But, um, but no, going back, going back to this, like, um, yes, I do understand the feeling of different games. And I, I just, the only reason why I had asked that question was because I had just seen a lot of people say, like, it's, it's very much a Mario 64. It's very much a Donkey Kong adventure, uh, Donkey Kong Country. Um, and then I just, I did see one, you know, review. I think it was, like, from, someone who ever viewed the game at IGN say like it's it's the best platform I've ever played it's different it doesn't deserve to be in the same you know it, it doesn't seem to be it doesn't deserve to be put in this box so I was just wondering if like you had you know had felt like some similar opinion yeah I I, I think that um I agree I mean I think that in a lot of ways um Mario can never be the best at anything um except sales because I think when it comes to Mario, um, he's so it's it's very watered down and it's very good for a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, I'm a big Mario fan. I buy everything that has Mario's face on it. I own. Like I'm not gonna pretend that I'm not a big Mario fan. I am definitely that. But if you ask me to name my five favorite video game series or maybe even ten video game series, Mario is nowhere on that list. Just because um, those games are. You know, if you if you grade all of them, I would say that they're always 
a B or a B minus. That's kind of where I say steadily Mario consistently is 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 good and enjoyable, but it never does anything that breaks the mold. And I think that's where Banjo Kazooie comes in. They really it's for its time. It was fantastic. Even now, even for today, twenty twenty one is fantastic. Um, of course, there's some some hiccups like the the note recollecting, like I mentioned. But but other than that, I mean, I think that the writing is great. The character development is great. Um, the uh, I guess I should say character interaction is great, not character development. Um, the um, the 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 colorfulness, the world, um, the, the way that they feel alive is something that i really love um and just the gameplay the gameplay is is stellar i just i love the the fact that you get moves along the way and so your arsenal of your abilities grows and grows and grows um that's something that mario 64 only did with the metal cap and the flying cap and the invisible cap but other than that it, mario had the same moveset throughout the whole game um you know, there's a, a much uh, the Gruntilda, the evil, the the villain, the main villain is funny. She's a really funny, funny villain. Um, whereas you have Bowser, who is, he, I mean, he's he's so he's he's boring. You know, he's kind of. I love Bowser. Don't get me wrong. I think he's he's uh, he, he's fun for Mario. But if you compare him to anybody else, I mean, you know, Ganondorf, King K. Rule. Um, Gruntilda, really anybody in, in that kind of genre and Bowser comes last every time. Um, you know, it's just Mario is, is good, but I think it's other games like Banjo-Kazooie and like Donkey Kong, um, that, that are great. And I think that you really have to be, you have to take some risks. And I think that Banjo-Kazooie really took some risks, um, by being different, seeing what Mario did and wanting to grow on it, having um, more of all of that stuff that I've named and just doing it better. And I do agree that um, that Bowser is pretty boring compared to other villains. And it's funny that you say that because I don't think I've ever really realized that until now, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and there's some games, some some Mario games like uh, the Paper Mario series and the Mario and Luigi series. Those are um, some series where Bowser has more of a personality. Um, but if you, I mean, if you look at Mario sixty four, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, even Mario Odyssey, Bowser's the same every single time, and um, and, it, and that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just not a great thing. And that's, that's the issue is that I think that's why Mario reaches out to so many people is that it's not complicated. It's watered down. Um, you know, you can have the same grass theme, um, in every game and, uh, people will buy it. I will buy it because it's always a good game. It's always a safe bet. And, um, that, that's okay to have. I think there's, it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's like toast, you know, like, I don't think anybody eats, not many people eat just toast, but it's good to have, you know, it's, it's there, it's there if you want it and, uh, it can fill out a breakfast. Um, but it shouldn't be your entire breakfast. I agree. But also I know you just said that every Mario game is a B. I'm going to take Mario Odyssey away from that only because of jump up superstar. Cause that is one of the <laughs> best games, one of the best game, like, like one's like, some of the best music in a video game I have heard in a long time. And, and then there was the Game Awards performance of that that just made it so much better. 
Yeah, and you know, Mario Odyssey, um, there are some elements of that game that uh, didn't really change very much. Like, Bowser still kind of has the same personality. Um, the uh, concept is um, saving Peach, uh, sort of, um, uh, you know, she eventually gets rescued and then well yeah it's still this the uh, um, story is still kind of the same um but the gameplay is where they changed it and i think uh what they did so great about that is um is that they did do something different i i i will say that you know they did change um the method of collecting uh power moons um and i think that they took enough of a leap out that it was risky for nintendo and i have to applaud them because they stepped out of their comfort zone in a way that i never thought they would with mario if they'd done this with anybody else with donkey kong whatever i wouldn't have you know i don't think it would have been as big because it's kind of what people would be used to but the fact that it was mario that they tried to step out of their comfort zone with that's what made it such a big deal so yeah you're definitely right i think mario odyssey um deserves a a slightly higher grade than than the average b that most mario games get um for sure yeah you have any like standout memories with this, like with banjo like was it like when you completed it for the first time was it maybe you shared the game with somebody and they really loved it and that really made you feel good I so I have um well I, two two things I will say that I don't have many memories about um my first time playing it um but I do one thing that always makes me feel good is defeating Grunty at the end um it's just a, a sense of accomplishment a sense of you know wrapping up one more uh run through of my favorite game um it's just it's a good feeling that I that I have and I get to enjoy um, one, one thing that I do remember growing up, I don't know how old I was. I could be anywhere between six and 14. Um, so anywhere in that age range, I really don't remember. Um, but there's a thing called stop and swap and it is a secret, um, uh, code or secret, um, uh, part of the game in Banjo-Kazooie that the, the idea was if you pull out the cartridge of the Banjo-Kazooie cartridge and within 10 seconds put Banjo-Tooie in that in the cartridge and replace it really quickly, then your there will be some data that will transfer in that 10 seconds in the, in the system of the N64. And uh, using that will give you certain bonuses in the sequel game and certain this and that and whatever. Um, but because of the um, hardware, they realized that the maximum amount of time that they could transfer over would be one second. And to be able to pull out a game and put in a new one within one second is near impossible. So they had to scrap the idea, but they weren't able to scrap the idea until after Banjo-Kazooie had come out. And so in Banjo-Kazooie stop and swap is a feature that um, you there's the sand castle that has uh, like letters on the floor and that's how you type in codes for various things you know um, uh, like infinite ammo and and this and that um, but it's also where you um, uh, activate stop and swap well uh, I remember um, when we figured that out as kids we you know it was all online because it was it was early before the internet was as you know there wasn't a social media or anything like that so we had to um find other people who posted stuff on on you know uh forums uh for the game 
And um, we found out the code that you have to type in, the process to collect all these secret eggs, and inside each egg will be a secret ability that you know ended up not transferring, of course, um, because I scrapped it. But uh, it was it was it was a big deal, and uh, so we were super excited. And my sister, um, my older sister, as the oldest sibling, she was like, "Okay, well, I'm the oldest, so I'm going to do it first. And I was like, "Okay." Um, but you know, we want to get a turn and she was like, well, I have my file so you guys can have, you guys can do it on your file. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of want to watch you do it, but she was kind of, you know, grumpy. And she was like, no, don't, you know, you know, I'm going to play and you're, you're not going to, you're not going to watch me. I was like, fine. Like I was, me and my brother were pretty bummed, but we we're like, okay, fine. So she completes it. And then I find out after you complete it, that it is a once per cartridge thing. You, <laughs> yes, you cannot start a new file and do it again. It is collected for the entire cartridge. You can't even if you erase the file, it's always collected. And did so, she know that? Did she know she, that? She, she didn't know that. Okay, um, I was gonna say. I feel like that might have been a reason why she was so adamant about it. No, no, I, I, I don't think she knew it. I think we were too young to really have known that. But, um, but it's still something that like I, I don't, I don't harbor any ill will twenty years later. But it is still something that I've remembered after all this time that I never got to experience collecting that. Um, and so I've only seen it be collected on YouTube a few times. But yeah, she got to collect all six eggs and the ice key, and I never got to do it. I never saw it happen firsthand. Um, and uh, I every time I play banjo, I'm like, man, like I'm looking at the collection screen, and it says you've collected all the eggs in the secret ice key, and I'm like, I didn't, but okay. <laughs> it's like you collected all the ones that you know of. It, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, I, it's it's so that was kind of a bummer, and that's one thing that I do remember after all this time. Um, so, Kaylin, for some reason, if you are listening to this, uh, I hope you feel guilty. Uh, she's gonna give if she doesn't listen to this, you're gonna get some hate messages later. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, that's really cool. I mean, honestly, with you talking about this game, it makes me really want to like go and like look at videos and. Maybe even like try to get on the xCloud thing and try to play it myself because it sounds really cool. It sounds like something I would be into. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I can't I can't recommend it enough. I mean, I I'm uh, you know, you know, Luke as the Sonic guy. Well, I'm the banjo guy. Um, And uh, if you've if you've seen our um, our. uh, uh, Podcast art, when you go to YouTube and you watch any of our podcasts, you've got uh, an art piece of me connor and luke all at at like a table and uh luke's dressed up like sonic crash uh, connor's dressed up like crash and i'm dressed up like banjo who are all of our respective favorite um, video game characters so i actually um, i actually didn't know that which is funny because i mean i do listen to your guys show i listen um but i wasn't on spotify i don't really go on youtube and and watch it I, I, i mean i gotta i gotta look that up i didn't know i mean i'm surprised that's not the cover art to be honest yeah, yeah. It, it, I believe we've used it for our podcast art and our um, our uh, Facebook group, our Facebook uh, group, which we never post on. We mostly use Twitter, but um, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. If you go to YouTube and watch any of our videos now, it'll have all of us um, and my cat actually, um, because Banjo and Kazooie are um, are uh, uh, a duo. 
um, I had the artist who did that for us. Um, my cat Shiro is on the back of my chair and he has, um, red and yellow feathers like Kazooie wrapped around his neck, like a necklace. Um, it's really cute. The whole, the whole thing is really cool. Um, Luke has his sonic shoes propped up on the table. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a really cool piece. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I was like, you know, I gotta do, I gotta be Banjo cause he's, he's my boy. He's Banjo's personality is a uh, lazy adventurer. He wants to sleep. He doesn't want to go out. He he's only saving 2D because um, because it's his sister. And he's like, you know, if it was any other day, if it was any other person, I probably would stay home. And I'm like, you know what? That is so. That is me. That is 100% me. It's like I will begrudgingly go save my sibling, but as soon as I do, I want to party and then I want to nap and I want to nap for a while. And like that is me. That is Banjo. We are one in the same. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, do you want to plug the artist that did that art for you guys? Yeah. So um, she goes by Mushki. Um, that's M-U-S-H-K-I. And, um, or Mushki Arts, I believe. Um, you'll have to go to Twitter and find out. Yeah, um, I will, I'll probably put her in the, uh, in the show notes. I usually like to plug anything that's mentioned in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, let me just um, double check um, what she goes. Yeah, so it's Mushki underscore art. M-U-S-H-K-I underscore A-R-T. And um, yeah, she did, um, she's done a lot of commissions for me just for personal ones, just ones that, you know, things that I wanted to see. Um, she did art for um, uh, Rocket Bomb. She's done art for future Rocket Bomb um, uh, pieces that I'm going to have, we're going to be premiering pretty soon. Um, she's done art for my old show, Nermageddon. Um, she's, she's been around for, for me, she's been around for about three or four years now. And, uh, it, it's, it's great to having, like having a, my own, you know, friend who's an artist that I can, you know, I, I, I pay of course, and, um, commission her to get this uh, stuff done, but she does such a good job. Um, she's quick. She's, she's, um, uh, very talented and she's honestly a really good person to talk to and communicate with when it comes to, um, figuring out what it is that she wants to portray for you. So yeah, Mushki underscore art, highly recommend it. Um, she could always use more, um, commissions, um, cause she is an artist and that's pretty hard these days. So yeah, give her, give her a, send her a message, you know, say Johnny sent you and, uh, hopefully, um, she can get more people coming her way. Absolutely. I'm actually looking at the at the YouTube thing right now. This is actually pretty cool. She actually does do really good work. Um, she's definitely going in the show notes. So um, awesome. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll plug it in there. But um, with all that being said, I mean, uh, do you do you guys have anything like coming up at Rocket uh, uh, Rocket Talk that you guys can talk about? I know you guys just came back from a little bit of a break. Yeah. So yeah, we did just take a break. We were consistent for every single week, I believe, except for one in the past uh, about a year and a half. So um, we took a month, uh, about five week, four or five week break. Um, but we are back just in time for um, E3. We're going to be doing predictions pretty soon. And then we're going to be doing uh, two weeks of E3 coverage. So the first week is going to be um, Xbox and PlayStation and some other smaller companies. And then the next week is going to be Nintendo. Um, just because, uh, Nintendo is going to be so late and we usually record on Sundays and the Nintendo event is not until Tuesday, I believe. So we're going to separate them. So, um, the next episode is going to be, um, predictions for E3 and then PS5 and Xbox and then Nintendo in the next three episodes. So, uh, other than that, we also have some big, um, 
additions coming up that I don't want to say exactly what they are just yet because we're still in the process of making them. But um, we have a another big project that um, myself and uh, somebody else, uh, a friend of mine, were working on for the channel. Um, it's it's you know I don't want to say exactly what it is, but stay tuned. Um, subscribe to the channel if you are interested. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot more content that I'm excited to be dishing out every week. Absolutely, that sounds awesome. I'm also really looking forward to it. And I, I when I when I first started doing this, I wasn't doing intros, and then I started doing intros. And then every intro that I've done so far, I've shouted you guys out. Told, told them awesome, awesome, thank you. you. So. Um, I also really do appreciate you guys doing that for me at the, you know, when I was first starting out. Um, but yeah, I, I started doing intros. I don't really do ads. I just kind of just say like, you know, what the episode's about and all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that as a listener of your podcast. So. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I'll, you know, I will definitely be, um, giving you a shout out for the next episode or two, um, for sure to promote, you know, being on here and just giving a shout out to you, not just this episode or the one that Luke was on, but honestly, all of them, because you're really, you seem like a really nice guy. This conversation is the first conversation that we've ever had. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been a really good time and I know Luke had a good time and you're going to have to get Connor on at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I definitely want to do the tray out at some point, but I know you guys are going to be a little busy with uh, with your, uh, you know, the next three weeks. So, I mean, I'll definitely reach out to him and see if he's got time. I, I definitely got to, I, I put it in, like, the description of this being, like, a weekly podcast, and I have really sucked at putting on an episode every week. So <laughs> It's tough. It's really tough. Let it's me really tell you. hard. Like... It's really hard. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I can't speak. I'm, I guess I shouldn't say for myself that it's tough because Connor and Luke have been doing um, all of the editing for Rocket Talk. So, uh, you know, shout out to both of them for being the some really hardworking co-hosts of mine. Um, it's it's been great having them around, and uh, yeah, they they're the ones that did. Um, I want to say most of the work for editing, but they've excluding myself. They've done all of the work for the editing. So, um, good for them. But it's it's tough. <laughs> I, I know I can't imagine. I mean, like I do some editing. Like if there's like, um, you know, if I see myself like stuttering over my words a little bit, like I'll cut it. If like there's like a little bit of like noise in the background, I'll cut it. Um, or like I'll put like a noise gate over it. Noise gates are uh, are like a blessing for me, honestly, because there's I live in a small apartment, so it's really hard to you know like not have there be noise in the background so noise gates are yeah literally a blessing such a blessing for doing <laughs> this show um but i mean like i probably don't go into as much editing as as, as, as much editing that's getting edited out as much editing <laughs> as they do um but yeah uh so yeah i i do definitely big shout out to them for doing all the work that they do because i think lucas told me uh, how you know him and connor tackle that yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, they've they've done a really good job, and um, it's really been great having them as co-hosts. Um, you know, it, it, having three of us has been a really good dynamic um, for a year and a half now, and I cannot believe that it's been that long. Um, but, you know, I'm just excited. This is going to be our first uh, coverage for E3 because we didn't have one last year. So um, it's going to be our first time covering that as a channel. So I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, like I said, that'll be coming up in the next few weeks. So look forward to that. I think, um, it's, I think E3 is this week, no? Coming up to Saturday? What is it today? Is it um, 5th? 
it's a, I, I believe on... it's a, it starts a week uh, a week from today. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm stuck. Yeah, but um, as far as us, um, you will be able to find us on Rocket Talk Pod. Um, Rocket, the word Rocket, the word Talk, and then P-O-D. You can find us on Twitter. Um, You can find us in a lot of places, but we're most active on Twitter. Um, But uh, you can also get our videos on Anchor, um, Spotify, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere that you can um, uh, hear hear a podcast on. Also the same program that I use, so... Yeah, it works pretty well. I mean, like sometimes I'll like forget that I'm on a platform, and then like, oh, yeah. look, and then go look it up, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think the majority of my listens are from Spotify, but like, I do get like a like a random one from like a uh, like a uh, Apple Apple Podcast or something, which I think is really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, other other than everything we've talked about, is there any final thoughts on uh, banjo? Anything you want to say? Any? Um, I just, I, I want more people to go play it and hopefully the more people that go play it, um, the more, um, uh, you know, the more popular it'll get. And hopefully that means that, uh, Rare can hire some of the, um, people that work at Platonic who originally created Banjo and make a third game in the series. That is the dream. Um, I kind of... Don't know if it's ever going to happen, but, you know, I never thought Banjo would be in Smash at all. So that's happened. So at this point, anything is possible. Do you think we get Crash in Smash? I do. I I, I do think that Crash is going to be in Smash. And, um... And uh, I I think that um, I think that uh, that's that's something that we're uh, as Rocket Bomb we're kind of anticipating because I've talked to uh, Luke and Connor about that. If all three of our uh, characters are in Smash, Sonic, Banjo, and Crash, then we're gonna have to do a big um, uh, Smash Ultimate celebration featuring uh, us playing as our own characters and fighting to the death. It'll probably be me versus those two because they're not that great <laughs> at Smash. But uh, I was saying, like, what if we did a 99 live stream of me versus uh, me as Banjo versus Luke as Sonic and Connor as Smash uh, as Crash? Um, but uh, we'll see. If we do get Crash, we're definitely going to be doing something big um, to celebrate that because, oh, God, it's the only game we will ever see that has all three of our characters in one game. So, uh, Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, all that being said, thank you so much for coming on, Johnny. And like, Yeah, um, thank you I for think, having me. Absolutely. Um, and I just would like really want to shout out that the game is, like I said, on xCloud services, so... Uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with XCloud, it's Microsoft's um, streaming service. They have a streaming service on um, mobile and uh, laptops and computers. So, like, you go, you go type in XCloud uh, in a browser, it'll come up. You get like it's it's like Game Pass. It's like you get like a whole list of games that you can play and stream from your computer using your internet. It's really cool. I've tried it out. It's um, on a phone, not my favorite. On a computer works pretty well, but um, hmm. but you know, I mean, like I, I I do think because they really want to push that streaming service, um, and and Game Pass so well that I don't doubt that they won't fix it up for phones, for sure. Yeah, that would that that would be great. Hopefully, <laughs> and if you have a 360, you can also go play it on 360. And if you like Johnny, miraculously, still have an N64. <laughs> Without breaking the budget, without breaking your bank, you can also play it on N64. 
Because I mean, I've seen I've seen some N sixty four cartridges go for an insane amount of money. Like it's oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's I I definitely don't uh, take it for granted. Um, I I make sure that when I move from apartment to apartment, I keep all of my games and my system as uh, as in pristine condition as I possibly can because I do not want to go have to um, you know spend money on a new game or system. Not not to mention that like sometimes I hear like they, people get sold like a broken one, so. Yeah, that too. That's yeah, gotta, that that's gotta suck. That's gotta really suck. I really, I had a GameCube for a little while, and then like it was just really expensive to find games. Like, so I mean, and I also just wasn't using it, so I ended up getting, I ended up selling it. But I mean, I I enjoyed the time I had with it. But God, some of those GameCube games, if you want Smash, you're paying the same amount of money for like a new PlayStation Five game. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. Even sometimes even, sometimes even more. It's so bad. But um. But yeah, uh, but yeah. Like I said, this was this was our first conversation. I really had a good time talking to you, man. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, definitely it was a good time. Luke, I know Luke had a good time, and uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to have Connor on sometime. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely hit him up. But um, but yeah, thank you, man. I do I do appreciate you having you on. So this has been uh, this has been title screen, and we'll talk to you all in the next one.